Mike check. Today we're going to be talking about The Visit. Whoa! <laughs> Mike check. You are listening to Loud on the Set with Kyle and James. A level-headed movie critic meets a loudmouthed movie cynic. And action! All right, welcome back to the show. My name is Kyle. This is James. And today, James, what are we doing? The Visit. The Visit in a world. (laughs) Where M. Night Shyamalan directs again. Again. Surprise, surprise. Actually, it is a surprise at this point that this is still happening. Um, (laughs) Is this a a contemporary review or are we calling this a retro review? It's less than a year old, the movie. It came out in 2015, I believe, right? Yeah. But it's new enough. It's not retro. Really? Yeah. This ain't, no, that, this ain't no retro review. It's just that, Kyle, I watched it recently, as you know. I don't know when you watched it, but I watched it recently, and I came back with my reaction to you, and I said, we got to review this thing because oh. we'll, find out <laughs> we'll find out why. Kick us off, Kyle. Yes. So The Visit, uh, written, produced, directed by M. Night Shyamalan. Is this a return to form for director M. Night Shyamalan? Is M. Night Shyamalan back in the driver's seat for Hollywood blockbusters? These are all the phrases that came out when this movie came out. Wow. I kid you not, in all the reviews and everything, uh, a return to form for M. Night Shyamalan. Uh, Yeah, a return to the crappy form, I would say. Um... Oh, M. Night. Uh, we're at a point where, I don't know, well, do people well, here, still appreciate what's coming out? No. Here's the thing, Kyle. Here, <laughs> here's, here's, I'll segue into my opening thoughts. Okay. Right? And because you said all the quotes and all the critics said, return to form. He's back. Mm-hmm. Best work since such and such, right? <laughs> I, I have a term for this, and I coined it. I'm going to call it the episode three effect. Hmm. What do I mean by that? Kyle? I don't know. What I mean by that is, <laughs> we're going back to Star Wars, baby. Oh, okay. Star Wars episodes one and two were such garbage <laughs> that when George Lucas finally came around to something that wasn't resembling a total pile of shit, suddenly everyone <laughs> thought that episode three was actually kind of good. It'll be remembered in the trilogy as the good one, it but will. it's it's a horrible movie. It's garbage. Yeah. Just it's it's horrible. I don't care what you say. <laughs> And so here we have the same effect with M. Night Shyamalan. He's made so many bad movies in a row at this point. Lady in the Water, Last Airbender, uh, fucking After Earth, right? That's just three. The Village. All these sucked so bad Mm -hmm. that he finally didn't – the only – oh, my God. You get the idea, I think. I get the idea. The The listeners get the idea. Only mediocre, and so the critics were fooled into thinking that it was actually halfway decent. It's garbage, Kyle. This is a piece of – garbage it's not good james no um no i agree um and surprisingly this film has i believe like a 64 percent on rotten tomatoes the uh something like that yeah, um it's ridiculous and i i just don't understand um i had a great idea for the end of this film and we'll talk about it when we get there okay. that i think could have made this a pretty decent movie. Is it a Kyle cut then? It is a it's Kyle a, a cut. It's a mini Kyle cut. It's a mini Kyle cut. Embedded in this so we'll review. get to the mini yes. Kyle cut. It'll be a big twist at the end. Excellent. And then the Kyle cut will just be that we light it on fire. <laughs> Forget about it. <laughs> no, um, yeah, I don't know. So right now, there's something else happening in M. Night's uh, life. He's made a TV show. Um, 
produced a TV show based off a book series. That TV show is called Wayward Pines. You're not a big TV guy yourself. No. Um, Don't own one. I've watched a couple episodes of this, and it's getting amazing reviews. It's It's got very good reviews. Um, it's not great. It's not terrible. But this comes down to right now, I think that the consensus with Mr. Schmalahan <laughs> is that if he is writing things, he's completely out of ideas at this point. All mm-hmm. that ends up happening is they go, Mr. M. Night Shyamalan, uh, can you make a brilliant twist to something? And he comes up with not brilliant twists anymore, nope. but a twist for something, and then they build everything else around that. Yes, Kyle. And, and he's working on somebody else's source material for Wayward Pines. So there's some clever plots, and there's some clever ideas in it. That being said, again, it's not great. But when the writing is originally done by somebody else and he adapts it, I think at this point in his career— it's way better because I feel like we've exhausted the surprise of M. Night Shyamalan was almost what made it exciting. And now mm-hmm. all that's gone. But anyway, well, that's kind of my me, opening consensus. Okay, well. let me let me let me continue on my critique of the director here before we get into the movie. Yeah, before because we even we talk, to about talk about the movie. The director because a lot of times he puts himself before his own work, right? Right. Which is not a smart strategy anymore. No. Because you're more or less, <laughs> in my opinion, you're a hack. He – I. The more movies of his that I see, the more I'm convinced that he stole the scripts scripts for Sixth Sense, Unbreakable, and Signs. Because everything after that has been just total shit. Um, does he have no one around him? Kyle, help me out here. Does he have no one around him that will tell him that his ideas are bad? Does he just surround himself with yes-men and lapdogs? Because it, it has to be as such. <laughs> no, like Nobody would look at the rough cut or the storyboards of The Visit and go, unless they were – you know, lap dogs and, uh-huh. and, and bought off, if you will, and go, yeah, that's good, because it was, it was, it's total garbage. Well, and the other thing about it is you can tell from, we'll talk about this later on, but it is produced for a very, very specific, small niche audience that is spending money at the movies. Yes. That's what we, yes, that's what yes, the yes. marketers know, and that's what they're making. So it's not, there's not even an art in it. And whether or not, <laughs> It, whether, there's not. There's really no, not. it's not. Yeah. Whether or not his first films uh, can be put up on that podium, right, as being great films. I think that in most cases they are. We've talked about Unbreakable before. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and and those are good films, but you, it, in this day and age, you don't just produce something and then get to, like, bank on that and bask in its glory anymore because if you're a good artist you have that ability to continue doing that and this isn't just a a 10 year 20 year 30 year writer's block coming up (laughs) this is there was lightning that struck and it did not originate (laughs) apparently mr schmalian he was a vessel for what was out there oh boy Anyway, I'm gonna. Um, you you said something right there a second ago. You said this is not artistic. This has no artistic merit. Marketing. I, I wrote <laughs> I wrote down here something that that I feel very strongly, and that was this was a desperation cash grab. And here's my evidence for mm-hmm. it, and that is, um, it completely panders to the market in the moment. Mm-hmm. Shaky cam movies. Shaky cam movies are making money. They crank them out. The, I yep. can imagine a boardroom meeting with M Night in it and a couple of <laughs> yes men lapdogs, and he's like, well. The past 10 shaky cam movies have all made money, regardless of how fucking stupid they were. We're going shaky cam. <laughs> what else is making money, Mr. Shyamalan? 
well, freaky little white pale girls with damp, drenched hair in front of their faces. That's scary. Oh, but that's been done to death. What else is kind of creepy? Old people, do it. You know? Like, all right, so we get shaky cam found footage bullshit that's been done to death, but it still makes money. Mm-hmm. And so you're – but you've milked the freaky little girl angle, so you throw in some old people because no one's really no, – no one's done this with old folks before. They could be kind of scary in that paranormal activity kind of way. Yeah, the film was paranormal activity with like a – a, I don't even want to say fresh paint, but like a, a coating, yeah. a costume of something yeah. else over and it. And so you, you you use the shaky cam found footage model to keep your budget low, and mm-hmm. it was. It was a $5 million production, right? Yep. So you use that cheap-ass technique to keep your budget low, your overhead low, and you know that the market tells you a scary movie cranked out, targeted at this money-spending demographic. The tweens. Will <laughs> give you a few dozen million on your return. Mm-hmm. Simple. A desperate talentless cash grab from a hack let's get into it <laughs> boom no for real Roasted. right for real it's, for it's real. ridiculous we're at this point where i got so mad watching it kyle we, we we still have yet to do our episode called the walkout we're auditioning for it if you've contacted <laughs> if us you've if, walked if you've out. walked out we want we need you because we haven't right you and we I have haven't. never walked out of a film but i almost shut this piece of shit off yeah i mean you know the, i almost stopped watching it you know what's funny is the closest i've ever come to the walkout was at the village and i told That's you right i yep. played tag with my friend steven in the theater it was fun um right, so well. i technically mentally walked out on it if nothing else um okay so the nice. plot of this film let's talk about it overall real okay. quick spoiler alert if you enjoy crappy movies and want to put this on your docket yeah uh couple kids go to grandma and grandpa's for what a week or something? I don't even remember. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. They go to their grandparents' house to hang out for a while. Um, well, the grandparents are old and they act a little weird. They have some funny rules at their house. Yeah, but they're grandparents. So whatever. It's okay. They're old, set in their ways. Um, kids are in contact with their mom a lot, so they chat online and they're hanging out. Things get weird, and then what's the big twist, James? That the people that they think of their grandparents are escaped psycho ward uh, oh. patients that murdered the original grandparents and now they're just oh. they're just terrorizing these little kids Whoa. so apparently grandma and grandpa used to work in a mental hospital or something they volunteered there. yeah and these are uh inmates that escaped killed them and are uh impersonating the grandparents Okay, but here, let me back up for a second, Kyle, because we're, we're talking about what, the What, that plot. wasn't good enough for you? <laughs> well, because you have to explain why the plot relies on some of the most ridiculous premises. Is that a word? Well, anyway. Sure. Premise after premise. Yes. It's <laughs> just so ridiculous to, to that keeps this story afloat mm-hmm. and barely. And that is the ridiculous premise of um, sending your kids away to visit people sight unseen. Right. You know? <laughs> How long had it been? Would you ever... I would never go visit... I barely visit people I don't know, period. Would you send unaccompanied minors to total strangers' houses and not even show them a photo? And they try to say, oh, it's been like 15 years since the mother's spoken with the grandparents. And even that premise is ridiculous because... They're estranged because of a little shoving match. Like, uh-huh. I dated a bad boy. My mom didn't like it. So my mom put her hands on me one day, and then I put her hands on her, and I shoved her back. And we haven't spoken in 15 years. Are you fucking kidding me? So naturally, the best course of action is to hook up your kids with these yeah. people you haven't talked to in 15 years. Oh, Dumb. my God. So the whole movie, once you analyze that complete ridiculous premise, it, it doesn't 
it can't stay afloat after that. You're like, I've already checked out. And again, the no only, one would ever do this. Right. The only yeah. thing worth analyzing here, because it's the only thing that initially had any thought, was that they needed the twist, right? So the yeah. twist was that the the mom didn't see the grandparents for the past 15 years. The kids go there. Apparently, the kids don't know what grandma and grandpa are like, mm-hmm. so they don't know what to look for. And then finally, there's a point where I think she sees over the whatever over the internet she's looking at the video and she sees the quote grandparents in the background and she recognizes that they're not the correct ones and that's what kicks that's the big twist is that that she sees that so everything is built around that but that premise is so convoluted and impossible and stupid there's no way to get into that situation (laughs) that then they had to set up like the dumbest parameters surrounding it to get it to that point and then that's where well you can't build a plot like that so if anything i would say and this is totally crazy but i'm saying it anyway i think that more thought went into the individual characters than did the plot of the film which sounds astounding because usually i like when characters are fleshed out right Mm -hmm. well they're not fleshed out because what thought went into them was purely again for the marketing they made every character exactly marketed marketedly what it needed to be to get their money so more thought went into the marketing aspect and how they had to make the characters look and talk and what they had to say to get their money you know that they could put in the trailers and stuff to get the kids there oh because he said so funny so mom give me uh, 20 bucks so i go to i want to go to the movie my friends so yeah so well, they had to go do that. Kyle, you make an excellent point. And that is, it, it brings it almost brings the podcast full circle. I don't want to say full circle yet because we're not done. We're not done. I'm just the, starting on the Skittles here. Yeah. One of, <laughs> hey, product placement. One of the earliest comments you said was, it's ridiculous to, to take a, a silly little premise and build around that. Like take a twist and then build a movie around it. Or right. take an idea, a, a twist and build a TV show around it, mm-hmm. whatever. And that's what they did here. They, they, took a, they took a twist and tried to build a movie. They do it backwards. They build it. Oh my God! And here's here's another thing. You mentioned the computer, right? The I twist did. is the twist is that the mother isn't able to see the grandparents and has to go like the kids mm-hmm. sight unseen and just sort of trust that they're with the right people until right. the very end. Dumb, bad Why? parenting. Why? <laughs> because the lunatic grandma had accidentally spilled like some kitchen products, like cooking batter or some bullshit, on the computer. And remember this, Kyle, because mm-hmm. this is so cockamamie bullshit. It only stained the camera mounted into the laptop. Now, again, if this happens, if I'm a young kid and some old ass lady that is my grandma, <laughs> that even if even if she is genuinely my grandmother, is like, by the way, I spilled some food on your computer. I hope I didn't break it. And I open up and the only stain is localized right there on the mounted camera, which is about the size of your thumbnail uh-huh. on the top of your screen. I'm like, Grandma, what the fuck did you do? Like... <laughs> Clean this shit up. Like, you clearly went, you did this on purpose, first of all, because mm-hmm. if it had an accident, it would have been splattered all over the fucking screen. Uh-huh. And so then it takes the little girl days, Kyle, days to clean up, like, hardened cooking batter off of a fucking. T- oh, I, I can't. It's okay. so stupid. It's Plot so stupid. Yeah. Continues, twist, what happens? Shit gets cray, and <laughs> literally the kids murder the old people. <laughs> I mean, self-defense, murder. They kill him dead, and then they leave, and the police show up, right? And then they bounce. That's it. They go back home, and mom goes, oh, you know what? It's this that really makes me think (laughs) 
that I shouldn't have held this grudge for 15 years against my poor dead grandparents. So you shouldn't hold grudges against each other, kids. Okay, Mom! Lesson learned. The end. <laughs> Family roll, values. Roll credits and play a rap on top of it by How the How about... Kid. Fuck you, Mom, for sending us to this random-ass place without talking to your parents for yeah, so you 15 can, years. So you can screw around on a cruise ship for a week with your friends. <laughs> um, Kyle, I got to back up again. I got to back up again because there's more There's more um, premise ridiculousness that I have to point out. There certainly is. That tries to keep this movie afloat. And that is, as soon as they find out – well, first of all, when the grandparents start acting weird, you should be out of there as soon as possible. You're like The girl's like 14 – or 15 years old. Yeah. If your kids are uncomfortable and they're calling you and talking to you and telling you they're uncomfortable. Get the hell out of there. Shit parents. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But then when they finally find out that things are really bad, really mm-hmm. bad, the little girl turns to her brother at one point in the movie during one of the mornings and she goes, we're leaving tonight. How about now? now. Get the, how about get the fuck out of there now? Like, <laughs> That was unbelievable. What are you waiting for? We're going to go play outside, Grandma and Grandpa. Okay, leave. Yeah. (laughs) Instead, you know what? Let's wait till night because that's when they lock all the doors and and do that creepy shit shit we've seen. (laughs) It's so so bad. There's so much. There's so much. Okay, but the the plot aside, the plot is ridiculous and absurd and totally dumb. So where are the redeeming qualities of this film? Were there any, James? No. 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 no Kyle, really no, weren't. None. I mean, where, where, where else can I go next? I have, I have such a list of things. Oh, Let's talk God. about the characters really quick. Okay, the Because characters. this was the marketing ploy, right? Right. Was to get it to this subset, this audience, the, the tween age of, mm-hmm. of these kids. And how do they go about peddling this to them? Uh, we, have a, we have a saying here on Loud on the Set. <laughs> we have a lot of sayings. We have, own, we have our own lexicon here on Loud on the Set. And I can't wait to put out this one again. And that is the awkward shoehorning, Kyle. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, how awkwardly shoehorned in was the inner conflicts of the of the little boy? Everything about them was awkwardly shoehorned in mm-hmm. from their interests. I'm a filmmaker. The girl. I'm, I'm the girl now. I'm a filmmaker, and for some reason, I'm going to try to <laughs> resuscitate the dead relationship between my mom and her grandparents vis-a-vis my filmmaking, and I'm going to stage shot. Okay, right down to her lack of self confidence, and she can't look at herself in the mirror. <laughs> right. So. So awkwardly shorn in. And then the kid is a germaphobe. Why? Because he needs to have something to overcome. He's got to have his quirky thing. Yeah. And he's a and he, he fucked up at a football tryout. So he has to become victorious in the end with uh-huh. some some display of physicality for a little runt. Mm-hmm. So M. Shaman has no idea how to write for kids. He has no idea how to write dialogue. Everything about it is so awkwardly shoehorned in right down to the fact that the girl solves her self-image problem by stabbing spoiler alert by stabbing the nutty old broad with a piece of a mirror oh metaphor and of course the little kid with a diaper full of fucking shit smeared over his face tackles the old man (laughs) overcoming his germaphobe problem and his athletic shortcomings all in one that literally happened that that was can you believe that that statement i just said that was the worst thing ever it was wasn't even like uh, I'd say, okay, so I'll get to my, my yeah, big okay, twist later. <laughs> get to my big twist later because it's gonna involve all these okay. stupid things that we're saying. Because I think I could have made it work almost, but yeah, the down to the the stupidity and the the base jokes yep. that the kids were telling. Um, not even timely jokes. Like it didn't even 
it was like random. Yes. It's like insert the like random joke into the machine and have it pop out and be like zany at any point in the movie right. too. And I, I I'll let you get back in a second. I got to interrupt. Um, but it's again awkwardly awkwardly shoehorned in laughs, even when things were completely coming off the rails already. Like mm-hmm. the movie should have transitioned from. Yeah, the kids are kind of lighthearted at times, and there's the occasional goofy moment just to get the audience relaxed mm-hmm. and a sense of comfort into a building up horror movie. Like right. you, you, you set them up, and you think that they're oh, it's uh, mm-hmm. but you know you're being set up, and that's the fun of a horror movie, right? But they had some really disturbing things happen, and mm-hmm. then like you said, the the generator would just spit out an awkwardly timed <laughs> joke, <laughs> like, <"Doink>, <laughs> like what? <laughs> what the, the the shit's already coming off the rails here? Get into it mm-hmm. or. Oh my god! All right, keep going, Kyle. Keep so, going. Th- so the other thing I was gonna say is that when you boil this movie down to what is it saying, you know, some movies are like the spectacle, right? I would say this was very short on spectacle. Yeah. There were hardly any like scares in it, and even like set up scares, you know, like when they're under the stupid porch at one point and they're like crawling around and. <laughs> They look the camera one way, and then they look it back the other way, and then they look back at somebody's there. And it's like, okay, so you know exactly what's going on all the time with all the scares that are going to happen. Mm-hmm. So spectacle aside, okay, so what what did we learn from this experience, M. Night Shyamalan? What were the lessons that were told? They The only things that they blatantly talked about were the things that they explained so outright, which is like the, the germ foe, you know? overcome the the germ phobia then okay so that's what he did so what's what's the lesson confront your fears okay swell (laughs) moving on that was it that was like the whole thing was then realizing that oh you should act instead of not acting (laughs) because then the result may be really bad and you won't get a chance to at some point so that was it it's like succumb or don't. And that was the whole theme in the movie. That was every plot point, every character development. That was it. This, was yeah. All that it was going on in the whole movie. And you could, if you can write down in a sentence what the film, what the whole film and every aspect of the film is about, you have made a bad film. <laughs> That's it. That is it. Well, Kyle, let me let me let me say something here. And yes. I, we're having fun with this. It feels good. This is. I haven't felt this level of of ranting mm-hmm. of movie cynicism like our tagline says <laughs> in a while you know like it feels good to, to mm-hmm. get it out there's and been some good stuff recently. yeah we, we've we've stayed pretty civil lately and mm-hmm. we've been giving out good grades and we've been doing some solid reviews of solid movies but man does it feel good this is a good return to form because this movie is fucking garbage i got a couple of things can i nitpick you can nitpick because you just you made a really great generalization of the movie and oh my i didn't God. even have to generalize it it, it generalized it, itself yeah. here's a couple of things um I have a comment here. Out of touch writing. M. Night Shyamalan almost at every turn shows that he has no idea how to even write basic dialogue. Like the right. kids, I'm playing and awkwardly throwing the tennis ball around. Like, every oh, every aspect of it seemed like fantasy, but then they tried to make it really serious. Yeah. And that is not how that works. Does anybody call their grandfather Pop Pop? <laughs> <laughs> Again, I can I imagine M Night sitting with a notebook writing out the script and being like, well, in order to really, you know, lean heavily on the endearing nature of the girl trying to recover the relationship, mm-hmm. she'll call a total stranger pop pop. 
And is it, that that's not even a thing? It's not a cultural thing because it can't be normal. You know, this aspect yeah. can't be normal. It, it has, has to be, to be like something weird. A bit he can't weird. be a normal kid, and like she has problems, or vice versa. So they both have to have one weird thing about them. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Insert weird thing. All right. Now they're weird enough. Moving on. Yeah. Okay. Here's another example. <laughs> right at the beginning of the movie, when they're going to the train station with their mother, the kid, of course, has already shown that he's a wannabe rapper and all this nonsense, right? Um, he says while he's in the car, and the mother's like, "You're not gonna have cell phone out there. You're not gonna say." He's like, "But ma, I'm in texts." He says something to that effect. Maybe our listeners can help us out. But he says something so awkwardly phrased, like, "I'm in texts with two girls, ma. I'm uh-huh. in texts," and immediately I'm like. Here's M. Night again showing that he has no idea how to even write basic dialogue. Nobody said that's not a thing, Kyle. Mm-hmm. That's not a thing. Well, but uh, maybe the you know, tweens making will, up slang? will like it because then the tweens are like, well, I'm in text with my But, the, but that's the thing. Like, Does he even surround himself with a, a, no. a little interest group, a little study group of teens? No. Like, okay, how do you guys refer to it when you're flirting with each other via phone? Oh, we just say this, that, and the other. He just makes it up and he thinks he's mm. in touch, but he's totally out of touch. Right. He's totally out of touch. All right. Hence Last the thing. randomness. Yeah. Yeah, right? Like, oh, aren't kids quirky? Aren't they quirky? <laughs> Wouldn't a kid throw a tennis ball up in the air and just let it bounce in front of them and spin around in circles? No. They wouldn't, actually. <laughs> Holy shit. All right, last thing. Last, last nitpicky. And then I don't know where we're going to go after that, no, but this feels good. Last nitpicky, Kyle. Help me out here. <laughs> I already told you about this during our uh, conversation a couple of days ago, but talking about building things around one idea, doing it backwards, right? Mm-hmm. Here's a microcosm of that in the same movie. When the girl is locked in the bedroom at the end with the, with the creepy grandmother, mm-hmm. right? And the room is dark. She still has a camera. And the grandma's doing weird things all around her, right? Yeah. At one point, the grandmother, after scaring her a couple of times, runs under the bed. We see the young teenage girls. Show, you know, she shows the camera. She points it right at the grandmother. And she scurries under the bed. Why the fuck would you jump onto the bed? The little girl at that point goes onto the bed. Well, of course, so that you can't see any part of the grandma. So you see what I'm saying? He had <laughs> that seems in, logical. He, he, M. Night had it in his little fucking pea brain that there's got to be a scene where a girl's on a bed because it's it's preying upon it's right. preying upon that fear of something's under the bed. So well, I have you know to that get, scene that works really well in all the movies is when somebody's on the bed and something's, and something's coming under up after, the bed. Yeah. It's like they improvised it when they were there. He was yeah. just like, "Wait, I have an idea. Uh, she just needs to get up on the bed. Yeah, and she gets under the bed." And then that's cool. And then we just like lean down and then it's all scary. Yeah. And then she'll come up onto the bed <laughs> under the sheets. So there's a slow reveal of her crawling with the sheets mm-hmm. overhead. But as soon as she jumps on the bed, I'm thinking, all right, that's so fucking dumb. Nobody in their right mind would ever do that. As soon as the bad, the villain or the murderer goes under the bed, you would just crouch down and be like, all right, now I see you. You're completely contained in your location mm-hmm. and I can keep tabs on you the whole time. But instead, the young girl puts herself in a vulnerable position. Why? Because the director wants those scenes. Nobody acts. How stupid. It's so stupid. Oh, yeah. Nobody acts at any point in time like they're in actual danger of anything. And this comes down yes. to the kids, the, the boy's automatic response to a scary situation wouldn't be to say, oh, Shania Twain, or whatever he was doing oh, throughout the yeah, whole movie, yep. replacing all the swears with like Another the pointless celebrities and things. Yeah. Oh my God, that nobody, they, <laughs> they would have been, especially at that age, mortified of what was happening around them to the point of being speechless. And any weird conversations they would have had off camera to each other when the, they weren't around would have been like terrified. They would have not been joking around with each other, like chill out. They're just weird or whatever. Yeah. They were doing 
insane bizarre things like health emergencies things and these <laughs> these kids are acting like oh they're the eccentric grandparents and i just don't understand oh. any point of where this was going yeah what what a piece of and yeah, I, I really appreciate that point, pal. Any normal lo- little kid, like you said, would have either frozen up in terror, mm-hmm. and they would have spent the nights clutched to each other, like right. shivering in one bed, mm-hmm. or they would have. They, I could see three possibilities. But that's not fun for the yeah. tweens to watch. Then when, how is they he don't want to actually be scared. How's he gonna kick a bust a rhyme out? In the, all right, they would have either done that, you know, hold up and done the, you know, fight or flight. They would have cowed into a corner and been like, uh, uh-uh, uh, uh-uh, and nope. shaken uncontrollably, or. Two slash three, two ideas in one here. They would have armed themselves <laughs> to their fucking teeth with whatever they could, uh-huh. you know, like a, a baseball bat or the leg of a chair, whatever they could, or a kitchen knife snuck in when they could, uh-huh. or they would have ran away. Yeah. I was just going to say, if you weren't going to say it again, they should have just left at any point in time. Any they could have just left and gone anywhere else and been like, hey, I'm worried about my grandparents. They're acting really strange, and it seems like they're not okay. And anybody would have helped them. And anybody would have been like, where's your mom or your dad or who your grandparents are watching you and they don't seem okay? All right, I'll come over and check out. Garbage. So dumb. Yeah. Are you ready, James? What are we doing? This is my big M. Night Shyamalan twist. Oh, yeah. You get, it's pseudo mini Kyle cut? This is the mini Kyle cut right, to I'm close ready. out our episode yes, here. Yes, let's do it. And we're going to do grades, though, too. Absolutely. This is how it all should have gone down. Everything should have been exactly as it was until they got to the very end where the mom saw the grandparents and she should have said, holy shit, they look so old. And the twist should have been that they were really old and crazy and had dementia and were off the rails and she endangered her children and they should have been with somebody who could have helped them, and there should have been no conflict. The big twist should have been these were two uncared-for old people that had it really rough and were sick, and the kids were scared of it, and everybody's scared of it, and the mom's been afraid, and she won't go back, and society's commentary on what we do with old people. We're afraid of them. We're afraid of how we die at the end of our lives. It's scary, and lots of times people are left alone and forgotten about for 15-plus-odd years. And the big twist should have been that M. Night Shyamalan made a film for once that had no big twist, and any tension that was building on the weird situation would have been our own insecurities about old people in our world and how we treat elderly and what happens when we're getting close to the end of the time that we're given on earth that should have been the big twist what a magnificent kyle cut that is great i'm telling you right now because you just introduced a potential layer of complexity that would have been excellent it would have allowed for good conversation it would have at least allowed you to think and reflect and talk about the topic with your Mm -hmm. friends but instead, what we got is what you said earlier, earlier, and that is the same simple narrative for every single character, minus the lunatic stand-in grandparents, of face with an obstacle, hide from <laughs> it for a little while, then ultimately overcome it. So the lesson is always overcome it. Yay! Bird! And what you just introduced, what you just proposed in your Kyle Cut would have been 
a thousand times better. You can build that's a theme. That's not a plot twist that somebody killed somebody else and is impersonating them. That's a theme that you could build any story around. And kids being afraid of the fact I remember the first time I thought about it and realized that I was gonna die someday and how terrifying that was. And as kids get older and as they see the people around them, especially in their family age, that's really scary for a lot of people. And the mom isn't handling any part of her life correctly. And that's a great place to set it up. Not sending them randomly away where she doesn't have to see them or anything. She could drop them off and wave them away, have an uncomfortable grandparent relationship. They could build a whole weird movie with your tension and thriller around it. They're acting strange. They could do really uncomfortable and scary things that are rooted in reality and mental illness and deterioration and and then still end the film with a really solid and important theme. Still have a twist for you, M. Night Shyamalan, being that you park your twists over in Let's Not Do Any More Twistsville and just write a story that makes any sort of sense. Here's the reason why it didn't happen that way, Kyle. <laughs> Here's the reason why it didn't go down that way. What tween is going to watch that? Nobody. It has, to, exactly it has to have a simple narrative. Like, oh, I remember I tried out for the baseball team one time and I got uh-huh. cut. Boy, if I'm ever cornered by an old person, I'm going to fucking slug their head off with a fucking bat. <laughs> you know, it, it, like, no, exactly. you know, what you're proposing is, is, is complex and mm-hmm. it requires thought. And it would have been the film it that wouldn't have the, been for tweens. The, the critics praised. And would have said this was incredibly mismarketed, you know, <laughs> and <laughs> and they would have said it's a great film. Everybody should go and see it uh, and and talk about it. And and then the audience would have hated it. It would have been like, <laughs> I came here to see people make fart jokes and hit other people, <laughs> and that was gonna be it. But it's not. All right. Well, um, excuse me. Where were all of the fart jokes in your movie? Uh, I needed more jump scares. <laughs> if the camera could have been a little bit shakier. Remember the part where she? Remember the part where she was crawling around exactly like the little girl crawled around in the ring? Yeah. You should have done that more. More hair in the face. More loose nightgowns and. Ugh. Give it a grade, James. What does it get? Kyle, I'm giving the visit a solid F. This this movie is garbage. Uh-huh. This movie is total garbage. F. Yep. D minus for the sole reason that I was able to come up with a much better movie in my own mind and walk away from that flexing my own intellectual <laughs> cinephile muscles there. Made you feel good about yourself. Exactly. So there you have it. That's the visit. It's not great. Don't waste your time. We didn't like it. <laughs> not, not in the least. And you won't like it either. Well, here, here's the last thing I'll say, Kyle. I took this movie. I got this movie from the library, right? And I wanted to watch it really badly with the Honey Baby because I thought maybe M. Night is returning to form and maybe it will be a fun oh, yes. horror movie, right? So, oh, come on, Honey Baby, watch this movie with me. Uh, no, the timing didn't work out, so I watched it by myself. And like I said to all of our listeners, I almost stopped it like at the halfway point even before that. And when I finally got through the whole thing, I said, and she asked, she goes, oh, do you want me to watch it with you? I was like, no, 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 don't worry about it. It's fucking garbage. I'm returning it right now. Yeah, I'm done. Uh-huh. Go. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Something on the horizon. I wouldn't want anybody else to watch it. I right. wouldn't wish this no. on my enemy. I don't either. Yeah. And 
mainly because it's frustrating that this is how films get made now, mm-hmm. and that's that's what goes into it. Um, if you're at all interested in M. Night Shyamalan and want him to return to form or anything, um, watch the pilot of Wayward Pines. See if you like it. It's not for everybody because it's not that great. Um, maybe if you read the books, you might like it. Uh, interesting premise if you're bored, but don't watch this film. <laughs> and with that, that takes us to the end. So thank you so much for listening. Loud on the set. You can check us out on YouTube and iTunes. Uh, send us emails. Let us know what you thought. Let us know what you think the big M. Night Shyamalan twist should be in the next film. Yeah, that's that's actually a fun idea. Propose for us, propose for us some twists, even if they're mock twists. Even if they're Jokes. mock twists. Yes. Loud on the set at gmail.com. Loud on the set at joke.com. <laughs> Send us jokes. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Don't see this movie. Watch something else and have a great time. See you later. And cut.